It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, here I sit alone again today. My partner and my son, Rich, uh, he's in Massachusetts right now when I'm recording this and very important meeting he went to look into. And uh, so here we are, uh, just us together <laughs> our radio audience, our family, and we'll we'll get through this because it's good. So many, many people have called our listener comment lines, and over and over again, they appreciate the old hymns. You see, folks, they never go out of style. It's not the new music or the old music. It's the music that really touches a heart. And for so many years, man alive, I, I don't know how many years ago um, that this was written, but I remember singing it over and over and over again, and I bet you do also. Here it is. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown To that old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach glad Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I. That's the answer, isn't it? That's the answer for every man, woman, and child. The old rugged cross. But you know, as time moves forward, what does the Bible say? 
how we are to live, what's important, and how do we conduct ourselves according to the dictates of the Bible. That's God's Word. Now, uh, you've heard me say over and over again, if the church was alive and well, we wouldn't have the problems that we have today. You see, a politician is elected because he's popular enough because he promises everything under the sun. Uh, but it's the church was the only institution that was given by God to help people, to serve people, to help them walk according to God's word, and to be discipled, to live the way they're supposed to. Well, my good friend and yours also, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, uh, he's the pastor emeritus of Moody Church, in Chicago, and he has a, a broadcast, 30-minute broadcast on Bot Radio Network every day. Well, Dr. Lutzer is not afraid to tell it like it is. He never has been. I've just watched him over the years, and he's very outspoken in a very biblical, in a very solidly Christian way. And he's written this book, We Will Not Be silenced. I'm going to have him tell you about it in just a moment. You you will probably want to get a copy of the book. I think you should. Uh, and um, But the book, uh, written by a pastor of note, uh, We Will Not Be Silenced, reminded me of a quote by Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson said this, listen now, everybody. In matters of style, swim with the current. But in matters of principle, stand like a rock. You know, the problem today is too many churches are just pushed around. They know what they believe, but they only want to talk about this because it seems a little more popular than that, which uh, people may find is controversial. The subject of abortion... <laughs> the subject of family, subject of marriage, the subject of a lot of things the Bible is very, very clear about. So here's Thomas Jefferson, those many, many years ago, to say the same thing that Dr. Erwin Lutzer has now written a book about. Here it is. Hi, this is Pastor Lutzer. I've written a new book that I feel very deeply about. It's entitled, We Will Not Be Silenced responding courageously to our culture's assault on Christianity. I've been greatly burdened about the fact that oftentimes we as a church are silent. Sometimes we are shamed into silence. And in this book, I have eight different ways that Christianity is being assaulted in America. And we must speak, and we must speak with conviction. This book deals with such things as racism, the tearing down of monuments, diversity studies, also an entire chapter on propaganda, which is intended to so shape people's view of reality that no matter how much evidence is given to them, they do not change their minds. How does all that work? Of course, there's also a chapter on socialism, but I need to tell you that perhaps the most important chapter is the last one. The words of Jesus to the church at Sardis strengthen what remains. 
I have to tell you that I did not write this book to reclaim the culture. That, I think, is impossible at this point. I wrote this book to reclaim the church, to speak, hopefully, to speak wisely, but to not back down. And no matter how great the pressure to go on representing Jesus Christ, even at great personal cost. The name of the book is We Will Not Be Silenced, Courageously Standing Against Our Culture's Assault on Christianity. God bless you, and God bless the church that he purchased at high cost. Yeah, God, God bless the church. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful, wonderful book? I imagine you can get that from Amazon or your Christian bookstore or wherever books are available. Uh, we will not be silenced. Now, you've heard me talk about America. Why is it different than any other country? Think of the countries apart from America that you studied and you know about, and their government is totally different. Uh, Canada, even, or certainly England and France and, and Germany and and uh, you name the country, Mexico, you name it. Uh, and the, it's very different because we don't have a king. We don't elect a ruler. We don't elect a big man. We have three branches of government that are all equal to each other. Therefore, who is the boss? Who is the boss? Well, folks, we are. That's what makes America unique. It's we the people. Now, we the people who are close to the church that we belong to and the church we attend, why don't we speak up? Why don't we vote? Why don't we think? If it's we the people, how come bad things are happening because of the people who end up in office? Uh, now, Red Skelton, my word, we're getting a long ways away, aren't we, from Erwin Lutzer. But people are people, and a human being is a human being. And when Red Skelton was alive, he was a wonderful person in addition to being a comedy, a comic, a comedian. But he did a recording of something that I think is terrific. It's called the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag. Now listen, folks. Uh, here he was standing in front of a group of little kids in school. Isn't it wonderful that the school at that time had him come and talk to the students about the importance of the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag of the United States of America. Do you know there's a movement right now uh, saying maybe maybe we should redo the flag? And a movement also saying, well, my word, let's burn it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do the other thing. That really sets me aside because uh, America is the only place where we the people not the king, not the big shot, not the queen <laughs> or anyone else, uh, elected or unelected, is, is the boss, we the people. So here's what, here's what Red Skelton said to these students. Now remember, this was, this was done 
originally with 48 states in the in the in the uh, union and then two were added and he talks about that listen to this and enjoy it with me i remember a teacher that i had now i only i went i went through the seventh grade i went to the seventh grade and i left home when i was 10 years old because i was hungry and i used to <laughs> this, is, this is true i work in the summer i go to school in the winter but i had this one teacher who was the principal of the harrison school in vincennes indiana to me this was the greatest teacher a real sage of, of my time anyhow he had such wisdom and we were all reciting the pledge of allegiance one day and he walked over this little old teacher mr laswell was his name mr laswell he says uh, <clears throat> he says i've been listening to you boys and girls recite the pledge of allegiance all semester and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you if i may May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh, glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity 
if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Oh, folks, isn't that amazing? How far downhill we have come. Isn't that just the truth? But let me tell you, we are still, we the people. If you got problems in Kansas, who did you elect as your governor? If you got problems in Illinois, who did you elect as your governor? And we could go on and on and on. And, of course, the people gather to hear right from wrong uh, in their churches. But if the churches don't speak, how do the people know right from wrong? All right, now listen. Here's a song that I believe you will really also enjoy. And, by the way, it's an old song, too. And you can be able to sing it with them. Here it is. make you want to stand right up and salute i mean honest to pete that just makes that just stirs my heart you know uh time passes and situations come and go but evil is still evil and good is good 
and we have the Bible as Christians uh, to tell us the difference between the two. And in America, that is governed by we the people, we have the Constitution, don't we? We have that document to go by. Now, when Abraham Lincoln was running for office, well, he had a lot of people running against him, and they didn't want to talk about the difficult subjects. And if they did, they were always on the wrong side. But Abraham Lincoln, he knew that slavery was wrong. And here's something from his speech uh, that was given in New Haven, Connecticut, on March 6th, 1860. And I'll just read it here quickly, and you forgive me. I'll get through it. But anyway, part of his speech, he was chastising the people of his own party. He said, now what we want, and, and all we want is to have with us the men who think slavery is wrong. But those who say they hate slavery and are opposed to it, but yet act like the Democrat Party, where are they when you need them? Let us apply a few tests, he went on to say. You say you think slavery is wrong, but you denounce all attempts to restrain it. Is there anything else that you think is wrong that you're not willing to deal with as a wrong? Why are you so careful and so tender of this one wrong and no other? You will you will not let us do a single thing as if it is wrong. There's no place where you allow it to even be called wrong. We're not supposed to call it wrong in the free states because it's not there. And we must not call it wrong in the slave states because it is there. We must not call it wrong in politics because that's bringing morality into politics. And we must uh, not call it wrong in the pulpit because that is bringing politics into religion. We must not bring it into the track society or the other societies because those are such unsuitable places. And there is no single place, according to you, where this wrong thing can properly be called wrong. When is somebody going to stand up in the pulpits of America and say abortion is wrong? This is a life. Science has proved it. What life is more important than another, for goodness sake? If we believe the Bible, we believe the Bible. And abortion is killing an innocent human being. My goodness, if that doesn't sound like what Abraham Lincoln was fighting so many, many years ago. Uh, well, this is, a, this is a, an interesting program. I would like to hear, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to hear some of our listener comments from last week. And by the way, folks, you just really called in more than ever before, 800 Three four five two six two one. That's the that's the listener comment line. All right, I'll give it again. Eight hundred three four five two six two one. Let's take the first one. I just wanted to say that I have been a person that has had an abortion at a very young age. I was fifteen years old. I was told that pretty much it would ruin my life. I actually went in for the procedure and 
while they started to perform it, it hurt me so bad. I yanked their hand and then they had to set me up with an appointment to be put to sleep to do the procedure. And I just wanted to say that I think it should not ever be an option. It is something that women don't realize that they have to live with for the rest of their life. It is a decision that I wish I could change every single day of my life. Well, bless your heart, lady. Uh, I want to also remind every listener, uh, if you've had an abortion, please know that God forgives. Jesus died for what we've done wrong in the sin. And so God forgives. Every day is a new day. Please understand that. You cannot live in regret. And the Lord doesn't intend for you to. Let's hear another one. To God be the glory. I thank God for Bob Radio. I just want to say God bless you, Dick Bot. I have learned so many things over the years, and I just want to say you're doing a mighty work in the kingdom of God. Keep going and keep pushing. Press towards the mark. God bless you. All right. Well, God bless you, lady. I'm sure glad you're out there in our listening audience. Um, let's hear another one. Here's a, what does she have to say? Thank you, Bot Radio. I'm calling from St. Louis. I thank you for Charles Stanley, Tony Evans, Chip Ingram. I also like all the other pastors. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for giving us the word every day, all day, 24 hours a day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, now here's one of our listeners from Memphis. Let's see, let's see what they have to say. I appreciate so much Bot Radio, and I've been listening since the very first that you got started here in Memphis, and I'm a pretty old guy already, so thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks, that brings back memories for Rich and me, because we remember when we had to, had, to, had to take, it was kind of rough, but we did it because we knew people in Memphis and the Mid-South would enjoy our programming. Now, here is one other one from a retired minister. Hello, I'm a retired minister, and I live in Oklahoma, and I just wanted to call and say how much I appreciate Bot Radio Network. I have my radio set to the dial here in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and uh, I'm never in the pickup that it's not on, and I enjoy the uh, Olive Tree Ministries program on Saturday. Just want you to know I appreciate your station very much. God bless you. Appreciate you, sir, very, very much. God bless you, retired minister, but you're still witnessing and preaching the gospel. Remember now, folks, the listener comment line is 800-345-2621. And I hope my partner and my buddy, Rich, my son, will be back next week. See you later. <laughs> 